E-commerce expansion myths blasted. Successful cross-border expansion help. Listen to the show to hear how one UK company is helping e-commerce sellers successfully expand into Europe and double their profits. Hosted by Andy Hooper of Global E-commerce Experts. So welcome everybody to another very exciting podcast. This week we've got a slight difference on our podcast because we're, we're going to speak to someone that's literally just expanded and I'm really excited about this because uh, John who I'm going to introduce in a moment is, has just ex- gone through his expansion. He hasn't started selling his products yet and what we're going to do is we're going to follow his journey over a series of podcasts so that we can get a, a real flavour and unpick that because where we talk to people that are already experienced then sometimes you forget the, some of the hurdles you've been through and some of the obstacles you had to overcome. And we really want to overcome those so we can really help people to expand more successfully. So um, let me introduce John. John, welcome to the show. Hey, I appreciate it. I'm excited to uh, be on the podcast. No worries. Well, thank you very much for coming. So, so John, why don't you just tell us uh, perhaps which, which company you're, you're from and you know, perhaps a little bit about, about the brand in a, in a short, short piece and then we'll, we can expand on that later. Sure. I'm the uh, president um, and founder of Equinity, which is a horse supplement product. Uh, we've been on the market about four years. We launched um, really our first online sales in the middle of uh, 2015 um, here in the U.S. Uh, in Canada. So that's where we've been. And uh, we've been looking at uh, expanding into other countries. And it's always been kind of a challenge trying to find uh, representatives for us um, that one were as serious as we were about the product um, and to make it worth their while uh, because they would have to purchase you know enough product to make it worth their while to bring into the country so that's always been a bit of a challenge and um, so that's kind of where we have been up until the point where uh, we met you so yeah so let's just dial all the way back because what I'm interested in John is is how you got into this so I suppose the first question you said four years ago what was you doing before that sure well, prior to the Equinity product, um, this product actually started as a human product back in 1998 and was actually developed by a British uh, Cambridge and Harvard educated family physician up in Canada. And I was first introduced to the product in 2006. And at that time, from 98 to 2006, it was always marketed to the 50 plus crowd as an anti-aging youth formula. And in 2006, when I learned about it, they had realized it was all the things that athletes were looking for. And so I helped get it into Major League Baseball um, here in the States. And uh, so a lot of professional athletes use it. It's 100% pure amino acids. There's no fillers, no sugars, no starches. And what it's specifically doing is it stimulates the pituitary gland to release the necessary hormones which help the body heal at a cellular level. So from 2006 to 2010, I was involved in the company and then I left and did some other things and I came back into the picture in 2012 to help with some marketing. And in 2014, we put the exact same formula in a tub and called it Equinity to market to the horse industry. And that's the company that I own is the Equinity horse product. And it has just taken off like insanity. We had no idea it was going to work this well in the horse industry, but it's pretty amazing. Um, Actually, there were so many stories that were coming in 
and it hit me one day. I'm like, you know what? It's a real shame that I'm the only one hearing this story. Um, for example, people would call in, oh my gosh, let me tell you what was going on with my horse. And then I tried your product and here's what my horse is doing now. And half the time my jaw was on the floor uh, because I just couldn't believe that kind of transformation was happening. Yep. And so I started a podcast back in November of last year. And so I was doing one a month, you know, kind of get my feet wet in the whole thing. Yeah. But there were so many stories coming in that, uh, so I increased that to once a week uh, back in May. So, um, we're uh, we're excited about that. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. And, and what's you know, the, the name stores, of the podcast so, so everyone can listen if they need to, if they want to? Uh, it's it's pretty clever. It's called the Equinity Podcast. Love that. I love it. Nice and simple. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, what yeah. I'm intrigued about then is so so the product you've been working with since you we're going back to what 2002, I think you said when you started uh, that, or, or was the product actually originated in 1996? Yeah, uh, it originated in '98. And then I was I got involved with it in 2006. Okay, fine. So and that's and to me that's really interesting how the one product has then morphed into different sort of product categories, if you like, to help different people in sure. or, or animals in this case uh, in different ways. Right. So, so what what did you you know, did you train in anything? Are you are you educated in anything? Is it are you sort of uh, you know you sort of muddle it along as you went? Because uh, that's what I did. Uh, I'm definitely not particularly <laughs> trained in, in too much. Uh, but uh, so I'm mean, sort of experience, interested in you know how you got to that. You know, what did you go to university sure. or anything like that? Um, I did go to university, um, but it's I just got a business degree, which uh, I wouldn't say is really um, uh, passed on any of that knowledge into into what I do nowadays. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, and I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur, and uh, I went to the school of hard knocks uh, is what I've done. And so I've done a lot of business opportunities through the years. Um, you know, I've done real estate, uh, just so many things. I, that's how I'm wired. I'm always looking for opportunities. And when this came along and I had the opportunity to, um, you know, take this company to the next level and, you know, this is what I'm 100% focused on and which is where, why we've led now into, uh, expanding outside of the U S just because of what it's doing for, horses. And uh, actually, as a matter of fact, uh, a couple months ago, I um, changed our tagline to helping horses worldwide. Uh, because that's really what this product is doing, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, for me, that's yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in, always interested because you know I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs every day who you know all own their own businesses in similar situations because obviously that's a, the key market we're helping you know people expand uh, uh, and we're dealing with sure. e-commerce mainly e-commerce sellers. You know all those different entrepreneurs and that yeah they they're always looking for that opportunity, always looking for something slightly different. It, to me, it's amazing how everyone I speak to has come along a different path and has ended up doing something mm -hmm. slightly different but everyone's sort of not necessarily wired the same way but everyone's like right I'm looking for something how can I help how can I support and I loved what you just said there about how you know how we can help more horses or, or you know we can help horses to you know, to get better you know uh, so that for me that's, right. that's really really interesting that that sort of you know that's what we're here to do that that's it uh, and that that's really sure. exciting so so fantastic so you i love the the you know the school of hard knocks 
I think we've. Uh, I think a lot of people listening will probably, and I certainly can uh, can can uh, uh, <laughs> understand that for sure. You know, I went to the, the, uh, the yep. school of life. Uh, it's by far the best way. Uh, I learned a huge amount. So, the, so I was interested. The business degree didn't do much and, and teach you much. Uh, I'm sure it did, but um, not in your current business. Would that be fair? Yeah, you know what? Uh, growing up, um, all my family on both sides uh, grew up in the education system. And from that era, it was, you know, go to school to get good grades, to go to college, to get a degree, to get a good job and get your retirement. And, you know, things just don't really work that way. And I was never interested growing up uh, working for the school system. Um, I appreciate teachers more than anybody, but uh, I wanted to go out and make uh, some real money as, or what I perceived to be real money. And um, being an op- entrepreneur was um, what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing with being an entrepreneur is you – you know, obviously have to be very disciplined and you know, you're going to get shut down. There's going to be a lot of doors closing your face and, you know, you, you just have to have that mindset. You just keep going and going and going. Failure is not an option. Um, I, and I've got a, a mentor that I've had for shoot 20 plus years now. And one of his uh, sayings to me all the time is never let failure go to your head. And so that's always just kind of stuck to me. Right. You know, yeah. so it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Um through yeah. the journey and the people that you meet. And, you know, at the end of the day, it goes back to what you were saying. If, if you can't, whether it's animals, it's people, if you can't help people along the way, then, you know, what are we really doing? Because um, it can't just always be about selfishness, you know, although there is always that component in there. But if you can't help other people, it's just not fulfilling. Well, well, that's the key part, though, isn't it? You know, you, you want to help people or, or animals. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, you need, in order to help more, unfortunately, you or fortunately, I mean, you need to earn money to make that happen. Um, the, the, the byproduct sure. of the product is that you uh, you earn some cash. Uh, but really, the focus is on on supporting or helping or, or growing, you know, people or, or, or communities, let's say, to, to get better or to have a product that really supports them. Um, and I think that's right. really, really powerful. And that, that, that it, by focusing on that part, typically enables more people to, to, to expand their brand more because it's not focused on sure. you. Initially, you know, like I'm sure like you, you know, I first got into it, like you said, you know, it was sort of chasing the money a little bit. You're sort of thinking about the money because you're thinking, oh, I need to get a house and, you know, I've got a family and I need to support the family and all the rest of it. But you soon realise that that's secondary to seeing something. For me, it's about seeing people develop and grow and nurture and nurture that so that's why the whole successful expansion is critical you know that's what we do sure um but for you it's yeah. about the horses you know which is which i love yeah absolutely you know what i mean in anything that you're doing um whether it's just working a regular job getting paid by the hour or or in the world of entrepreneurship you know um at first you've got to make sure the life jacket's secured on yourself first because <laughs> you have to stay afloat yep um, and you've got bills to pay and, and things like that. But hopefully as you move along, um, there will be a, a point at to which you've secured yourself and then it's about everybody else. And um, and so you're benefiting by helping other people. And, you know, that's what it's it's really about. And again, we had no idea this company was going to take off like it has and help the horse industry like it has. And, um, you know, we're really excited about it. Um, just yeah. because of all the stories that, that continue to come in on a daily basis. Which is fantastic. So so let's let's get back into the product. So the product, you know, you started it four years ago. Where was the first place you started selling it? 
We were actually uh, introduced into the world of dressage um, in the, on the English side in uh, Canada. And so we had some connections up there, some really heavy uh, hitting connections. And so um, within a year, we were the preferred horse supplement of Equestrian Canada. And so Perfect. that helped us um, get a, a pretty good foothold and some credibility. And really, just like anything, it all comes down to who you know. Yep. Um, you know, if you can connect with people that have the connections, then you can sure slingshot yourself uh, ahead a lot faster than trying to do everything on your own. <laughs> well, so, totally. I mean, that's it's um, finding those key partnerships, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. It's it's always about the partnerships. And, um, you know, when you know people that uh, know more than you and, uh, you know, their interest is, you know, having your best interest at heart as well, then, um, you know, you can really spring forward a lot faster in all kinds of things. So we marketed it in Canada for about a year and things were a little bit slow going. Um, and then I made some connections that introduced us to the Western world, uh, especially in barrel racing, which is, uh, you know, it's racing. So you've got uh, three barrels sit out there or, that are set out in the arena and they're racing around these barrels. It's a timed event. And typically it takes anywhere from 14 to 16 seconds on average. It can be slower or faster, but it, it's quick. You know, the horses are going one, one right after another. Now, where we were introduced, um, and by the way, that's the world that I was used to. And, of course, you've got bull riding and, um, you know, bronc riding and, you know, the rough sports. And then you've got roping, you know, the roping ca uh, calves off okay, yes. horseback. Yeah. So that's a world that I was familiar with. Well, when we were introduced into Canada, into dressage, dressage is like ice skating on a horse. It's uh, it's, it's very, very proper. It's the queen's yeah, it's the it's the queen sport. Yes. So you know, uh, um, they're typically, although things have changed through the years now with helmets and things, but typically um, they're wearing a top hat with coat and tails, and the rider is sitting pretty statuesque, um, and they're controlling the horse with their feet. Yep. And so, the first time that. Um, I was invited to go to a dressage event. Before I went, I, I said, you know what? I better look this up so I'm halfway intelligent. At least I know what I'm looking at here. Fantastic. So I Googled it. And my first impression was, oh, gosh, this is going to be a long evening. Because it just wasn't. A <laughs> that was my first reaction. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm used to the barrel racing and all that fast. stuff. And right. Yeah, yeah. So... So we go to this event, and I was absolutely blown away. I was so impressed because it was so elegant. It was the control of the rider and the horse because the rider's controlling this horse with their legs, and it's doing all of this absolutely amazing things, you know. And the horses are trained in, you know, in dressage. They're not in their prime until, you know, 16, 17 years of age. Yeah. Um, you know, you get into other sports and, you know, they, they're long gone by age of four. You know, they're in retirement mode. So yeah. it, it was just really, really impressive. And so we, we actually have Canadian riders that are on the Olympic team that still use our product today, you know, since uh, we came out in 2014. Okay. And um, so, it's uh, it's exciting the the evolution of where our company started and how it's grown and and where it's at today and you know what I, I tell people all the time we are truly truly blessed to have a product that works 
um, so well um, because there's a lot of stuff on the market um, that doesn't work so well. And, you know, we love the skeptics, um, especially the ones that have been around for a while and have tried everything under the sun. And we love saying, hey, we'll try our product. I'll, I'll send you some and you yep. tell me what you think. Um, yeah, yeah. And so the, the odds of them falling in love with it are, are pretty darn high. Okay, so uh, we, we got the products uh, selling across North America pretty much, uh, but we've not talked about yes. the expansion to the EU. So let, let's just uh, dive into that a little bit. So when did it come to you, you thought, right, I, I think we need to sort of expand this product worldwide now, or certainly to the EU? Well, I, sure. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, one of the challenges that we've had is trying to find uh, representatives on the ground that uh, could order enough products um, to make it worth their while and uh, to bring it in. And so one day, uh, actually it was over a, a couple week period, I, I kept getting um, emails from Amazon about Amazon Global Fulfillment. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I could use the Amazon Global Fulfillment um, as my fulfillment person because we do a lot of Facebook uh, marketing um, with ads. Yep. And so that's when it really hit me as like, well, you know, we could use the Amazon Global Fulfillment to fulfill these orders and then I wouldn't have to worry about a middleman yep. and um, then our profits are more. And so that's kind of what started that path. And we had already, or we already have a few customers out of the UK um, that will order product and they'll have it shipped over. And I think the last shipment, um, a lady had ordered like 10, 10 of our tubs and it took 30 days to get over there. <laughs> so, which, which is one great uh, that she's ordered 10, but, but the 30 day traveling seems a bit excessive. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know if they put it like uh, with a little sale on the uh, shipment there um, <laughs> to have the current carried over there or, uh, or by carrier pigeon maybe, which uh, couldn't make the flight, you know. Yeah. But um, so, you know, the, we already have um, some customers over there. So it just kind of made sense for us to uh, look at that as our first uh, spot to, to open. Fantastic. So I like the fact that, you know, you turned on Amazon Global Selling, basically, and, and, and the network, so you could then fulfill those goods from, from the States, essentially. And then you saw where that right. the activity was happening, which is great. And then it's like, right, the UK or the EU. So so how did that come about? What was the, the process there? Well, uh, fortunately, I have uh, somebody that works uh, with me that um, is a lot smarter than I am when it comes to the some of this technology stuff and the logistics, rather. Um, I'm pretty tech savvy, but when it comes to the logistics, I get uh, bored very quickly. Um, <laughs> a good uh, entrepreneur, that's I'd what I like be- to see. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would rather be talking with people or doing podcasts or, um, you know, selling. I mean, that's where my passion is. Um, So the logistical stuff, um, I leave that to my uh, Weston that works with me. So, um, you know, one of the things that and again, we had no idea what the uh, um, finer details of opening up over there. But of course, one of the first things that came to be is we had to have a VAT number. And we're like, well, who do we even talk to to do that? I mean, it's like and, you know, what's also interesting is over the last couple of years, we've had people that have reached out to us um, that wanted to help us sell on Amazon. And, you know, 
I'm the type of guy that when it came to building a website uh, from the early days, I would just figure out how to build a website and I built a website myself because um, yeah. why would I pay, you know, whatever the number was to somebody else and I could do it pretty quick myself. And um, although I'm not uh, um, trained in art design or anything like that, but anyways, I could make a rough website. Yeah, yeah. So when it when it came to uh, people wanting to uh, handle our Amazon business, and I'm like, well, we already sell on Amazon, you know, here in the states. So why would I hire somebody else to handle our Amazon stuff, right? So yep. that that was just my mentality. But as we move forward and look at the um, Amazon Global Fulfillment, and then look at the VAT number, and then we start going down all of this stuff, we're like, what in the world? I mean, you want to talk about a mountain and a few hurdles going up the mountain, just at the <laughs> Amazon aspect of it. Because it's like, holy cow, no wonder there's people out there that have a business model of helping companies set up their Amazon stuff. Because it is way more intense than I had ever imagined. And fortunately, um, our supplier that uh, packages up all of our uh, product for us, they're very um, uh, up to speed on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, I haven't even asked why or how or I didn't really care because they already knew how to do it. So why would I need to know? <laughs> it's the <laughs> yeah. leverage. There we go back yeah, to yeah. the leverage of people, right? So we started covering those bases with uh, figuring out the logistics there. But then we we ran into you guys uh, with the VAT number because, again, you know, we're like, well, who do we even talk to? I mean, how do we even set up a VAT? We don't know anybody in the EU or UK or I mean, where, where do we even call? I mean, so uh, if memory serves me correctly there, when we set up the account with Amazon Global Fulfillment, um, you know, you are one of the um, preferred uh, companies to talk to about that, which we were uh, very thankful for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were part of the yeah, Amazon Global Selling um, team, if you like, and or not team necessarily in the, in the states, but we've we're on there. Oh, that seller, um, yeah, the, the partnership network, uh, seller preferred network. That's it. There's too many acronyms in Amazon. I, I was trying, I was getting confused <laughs> with all the different ones. Uh, so yeah, yeah seller right. preferred network, the SPN network. We're we're listed on there, and we're one of the preferred partners for VAT and stuff so so yeah okay so we, we we sorted out a VAT number and all that sort of stuff we got that nailed because uh, then that's where it came through I think that um, Charlie who was looking after your as your um, account manager he said Andy yes I know you said you was looking for someone for a, a podcast to do a series we've got a new guy and it says at the bottom of his emails <laughs> check out his podcast I was like wicked let's go and have a look at that podcast oh, yeah. uh, so so yeah I was yeah. like well let, let, let's you because it's, it's much easier to talk with people who've already got podcasts because they understand you know what to talk about and it's just a bit of a flow right. it's a bit of it's a conversation really sure. that's all we're looking for and, yeah that's uh, it. And I've got some notes, but I haven't actually looked at them yet, which I probably should do in a minute. But anyway, um, so so yeah, that's that's how you got here. So Charlie looked after you, and it, but that was only a few months ago, wasn't it? So we that right. was yeah. yeah four months ago or, or around about then. So we registered you for VAT, and then and then you know we we then sort of get to the process of of launching in the UK. So where are you with that? Um, well. Actually, let me tell you this real quick. And yep. you said uh, four months. Then now it hasn't taken four months to get set up with you guys because uh, oh, yes. I, I was really, <laughs> I was really, really shocked and surprised at how fast that you guys were able to get us set up. 
Um, I mean, it was, it seemed like overnight. Um, it, it was really fast. Uh, where the, uh, why it's taken four months is because we weren't quite ready on our side with inventory because, you know, it takes a bit of a, a process to get our inventory where we needed it. We needed to make sure we were secure here in North America. And then we had to get a little bit extra ready for the UK. And so what our plan was is to send over 500 units uh, to the UK, which that was actually shipped uh um, right at the 1st of July. Um, so it's now the 17th of July. And so I believe the uh, product is still in customs for whatever reason. It's been held up for well over a week. Um, there's supposedly it's supposed to be released any day. Um, they've been telling us that for the last two or three days. But, you know, anytime you go international, um, and this is not the first time that we've done this, you know, when you're going into other countries, you've got to, you know, go through their rules and regulations and all that kind of stuff. So, yep. uh, but none of that has had anything to do with uh, how fast you guys were by any means. Yeah, fantastic. I should just put a disclaimer in there that when John said it seemed like overnight um although our service is quick um uh, we're not going to be able to get vat numbers overnight uh just in case Come on, Andy, you can do it it's overnight people they can <laughs> uh but yes it is sort of a, a short turnaround in sort of a weekish give or take um but uh yeah so that, that that was a very good point john thank you for that um so okay so yeah. it, it takes a bit of time to get those bits they've been held up in customs but you know as you say that sort of happens on on occasions so is there anything specific yep. you've had to do with the packaging, the labeling or the product in order to bring it over, um, in order to tweak it? Or has it been relatively easy? Uh, no, it's been relatively easy. Um, and fortunately, you know, years ago, we actually had our product uh, in uh, London and that was one of those scenarios where we went through a third party broker and, you know, had products sitting in a warehouse over there for quite some time. But, you know, it was the problem that we had always ran into, which is trying to find somebody on the ground. And I believe that even at that time, we didn't have um, I know we didn't have a VAT number or anything. So I don't know how we got over there, or what we were doing or, you know, it was one of those uh, uh, entrepreneur moves where you're throwing stuff up against the wall to see what sticks. And <laughs> yes. somehow we had product over there and, you know, it's sat there for uh, probably well our expiration on our product is two years and so uh, i think it sat over there for a long time we ended up sending um a, a bunch of it into a farm in in germany i think but then we ran into the problem they love the product but they couldn't get it because we weren't over there so we decided to pull all of our focus right on north america um make sure we had everything that we needed uh, all of our logistics and all that stuff um you know in line so we were ready um when the time came so that's that's where we are now and um yeah, so we, di we didn't have to change anything label-wise or product-wise or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's exciting. And I tell you what, um, the for anybody listening that is looking at getting a, a, VAT, a VAT number set up, this was the most painless thing ever because I didn't always – I think I just signed some paperwork, you know, paid you guys the fee and it was done quick. Uh, very, very quick. 
very very painless. Yeah, fantastic. So so we've we've got the goods in the UK now. They're they're held up in customs, but hopefully that should be released soon. Soon, and I should just say on customs that you know everyone has a different experience with customs, and I think you know John, you'll probably replicate this you know, for around the world. You know, sometimes things go in customs and it all goes smoothly. Sometimes they go into customs, yes. it's a real pain in the proverbial, and some of that right. will depend on your product as well. You know, if you're selling you know standard products that you know what i'd call run-of-the-mill products you know a dog toy you know typically they'll probably go through straight away as soon as you say it's a you know, a product you know it's a food supplement for a for a horse at some point they're probably going right. to look that and go well let's look at that in a bit more detail so you know that that's sure. you know it's probably understandable the downside to that is i suspect and john you can clarify this you're probably being charged a little bit extra by being held in customs um while it's held there uh, it's possible. I am. That's a logistical side that I don't know about. So, <laughs> in that case, then, yeah, don't worry about that bit then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry about that. But um, you know, one thing I'll one other thing I'll throw out here for um, anything that I've learned over the last uh, you know four years with this product, um, and I think it's not common to do this. But um, you know, we only have one product. Um, which, you know, you look at horse supplement companies and most of them have lots of products. And, you know, one of the one of the downfalls of a company um, is when you start extending your lines too fast. Um, it's called line extension. Yep. And typically what happens in that scenario is, you know, you, you think you've got to have two, three, four, five products because then you could sell two, three, four, five products to the same customer base, which is true. It's logical. But if you do that too soon, then, you know, you, all of your uh, resources are sh- spread out between all of your inventory. And yeah. if you have inventory that's not moving, then there you are. You're stuck with product that you can't move. And it can really be a downfall to a company. So I've tried to be very disciplined with our product and our company. Um, and again, now we're just going in four years now, and I still only have one SKU. And um, it does there, – there's a lot of benefits to this product for the horses. Um, but, you know, that's one thing we've tried to be very disciplined. We, we are looking at um, coming out with another uh, skew here soon. But uh, it's – we've tried to be very disciplined in everything that we've done um, just to make sure the timing's been right. Um, and it's one reason why we've waited so long to come in to – or to reach outside of North America. Although we've tried it a couple times, put our toe in the water and just realized it. It just didn't feel right, and the timing wasn't good. So, but uh, now, now we're uh, we're pretty excited um, about where we are now. Yeah, I think using a platform like Amazon, you know, it's a global platform. Anyone can get the product on there. You know, they, the the market will come to you to a degree. So, you know, there is that bonus with a, with Amazon specifically. You know, now it's a case of getting the product here once it's in Amazon. Obviously, then promoting it. Are you doing going to be doing any specific promotion around the product once it's in Amazon and launching it? Um, that I don't know yet. Um, I mean, right now, all we're sending over is one SKU. Um, and one of the things that we decided early on uh, with our product is we weren't going to discount it in any way, shape, or form. So our product is ninety nine ninety nine dollars um, US. And 
you know, it's a hundred servings. So going into the UK, um, we're going, we, you know, one thing we figured out is we obviously have to increase that price because, you know, you've got Amazon fees, you've got shipping fees, you've got shipping and handling fees, you've VAT. got restocking fees, you've got VAT, you've got other fees that I don't know about fees and, yeah. um, you know, so we've we spent a lot of time to figure out what all of those were going to be, and then we had to price. Um, you know, we're going to have to price it accordingly. But you know, one one of the things that we found through, with being on the market for four years, and this is the advantage I think of being on the market for four years and really knowing our product inside and out, is we know that the people that are using our product are saving typically twenty to forty percent in vet bills and other supplements. And so that's a huge number. And so when you look at our, the price of our product at whatever that price is, you know, you're typically going to save 20 to 40 percent and other bills and things that you're, you know, using. So yeah. it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, really exciting. Yeah, I mean, I, that whole expansion, that, that sort of the launch sequence, it's like, right, here we go. It, it gets really exciting. We see that all the time. And, you know, some of the clients we work on, our accelerator programs, you know, you see that launch program and that starter going. It's really, really exciting. So thanks very much for listening to the first part of our interview with John. E-commerce, expansion, myths blasted. Successful cross-border expansion help. Listen to the show to hear how one UK company is helping e-commerce sellers successfully expand into Europe and double their profits. Hosted by Andy Hooper of Global E-commerce Experts.